there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. Well, hello, Heather. Hey, Chrissy. Welcome to a new week. Yay. And, well, I mean, I guess this will be Wednesday, but welcome to a new week of quarantine. Every day's the same now. Every, every day's exactly the same. We're it could good. be Monday. It could be Wednesday. Who knows? We're good. I actually want to um, open our show today with a little bit of housekeeping and a true confession. Oh, wow. Okay. Housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping. I want to tell our listeners that we're sorry. We're sorry that we have been behind on posting this show. We're sorry that we've been behind on our show notes and having titles for our episodes. We are coming in here. We are recording them. We are doing all that we can do. Times are a little crazy. (laughs) And times are a little crazy for everybody. Times are a little crazy for the show as well. And we are 100% committed to continuing to give you two episodes a week continuing to laugh as much as we can but we're sorry that it's been not 10 o'clock exactly on Wednesdays and Fridays lately we actually take our commitment to you guys to do that really seriously and we're trying to get it back together we're trying to get out of the quarantine funk and get everything together and and have it going on I also want to apologize to all of my friends on regular social media like people who are my friends because I am posting incessantly. (laughs) I know I'm posting way too much, guys. I'm super bored. (laughs) Are you over posting or are you you keeping to your same levels? I'm trying to keep it to the same levels, but I feel like I'm definitely posting more often than I normally would just because of the same reason. I am posting all the time. I'm posting like four times a day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's the extroverts that are posting a lot. I know. We're desperate. We're desperate. This is not our normal environment. This is not our natural habitat. Right. Well, welcome to yet another episode of the Qu- Corona Chronicles or the <laughs> Quarantine Chronicles or whatever we're going to call it. Um, but today I want to... Today's show is titled, Let's Get Into It and On With It. It's time for us to make a little progress in the world. And it's kind of sad, but this new lifestyle is kind of becoming normalized. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's becoming, we're, we're adapting to this. And I guess kudos to adapting, you know. So the, the best thing that we can do is, you know, make the most of it and follow the rules and, and adapt. And I'm, how, how do you feel like you've kind of adapted over the last week or so, Heather? I have not adapted yet. <laughs> I'm still wandering around in the wilderness, um, although I do feel like I'm coming towards something that I'm creating. That's good. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I think that, well, I guess, okay, so to answer your original question, how have I adapted? Um, we are in a better routine at home. Mm-hmm. You know, like our morning routine is is good, especially since I've gone in and created new work hours for myself. Good for and you. And I've changed yeah. the expectations that other people have for when I'm available and when I'm not because I have realized pretty quickly that, um, you know, my ki- I need to get my kids settled in what they're doing before I turn to my work. Right. And so that has been an adaptation 
And um, we also have really created some nice routines with um, like evening walks around the neighborhood and things like that. And that's been nice. That's cool. I mean, for, for me, the, the school work has kind of shifted too. the first week was just really a super free for all. Mm-hmm. We only thought it was going to be two weeks. My kids went back to school a week before everybody else. Everybody else got the extended spring break. My mm-hmm. kids did not. And that week we were like going to bed at midnight, eating candy for lunch. Like That's run. back when you were playing laundry ball. And, exactly. And Play-Doh, laundry right? ball and Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. And we were totally like, we're not doing any of the electives. We're just skipping those. You know, we're not going to do art. We're just going to do the, the math. Because like, I thought that I was like tidying them over for like two weeks like reviewing content not teaching new content you know and funny enough actually my my ex-husband is the one who got it together so the week that he had them uh was not the week that we're in last week so now they're back with me this week going through things and then toward the end of last week I texted him and said hey have you developed any routines or anything that I should know to you know keep consistency and he's like, I'm putting them to bed at 9 p.m. I'm getting them up at 8 a.m. so they have time for breakfast and getting ready before morning meetings start at 9. And I was like, oh, I, I can I can do that. You know what I mean? But, like, so this week that we're in now, you know, it's getting up at 8 o'clock, making some cinnamon toast crust, crunch and bacon, you know, like, and getting the morning started, mm-hmm. doing the morning meetings. Um, my son led the class of 60 kids in prayer this morning on his Zoom meeting. And it was really cute. Like, I have never gotten to see him as a student, really. Like, Mm -hmm. I've seen all these memes of wives who are like, I didn't know that this man, like, that I live with, that he's this guy at work. They're watching their husbands <laughs> on Zoom now, and their husbands are like totally they competent. Got it together. Yeah, like it put, she's like, this guy can't, you know, pour his own iced tea, and here he is leading a meeting with patience and kindness, you know, like. But I watched my son today, and he, um, they asked him to lead the prayer, and he said something like, uh, "Dear God, please protect us from the coronavirus," and. Um, Keep the people that we love safe and help us to have the patience to stay home. And it was adorable. Aww. It was really cute. So we've adapted our school schedule a little bit. Um, you know, kudos to us for adapting. For me, my eyes hurt a lot. I've had a lot of screen time. Oh. And, and I'm <laughs> noticing that, like, it, I'm developing headaches, especially from my phone, you know. Um, my back hurts. I'm fatter. <laughs> but I'm Okay. And actually, I'm so okay that I'm going to climb on the soapbox. (gasps) And here comes the soapbox. Guys, it's time to get over being (laughs) self-conscious. It's time to get over it because you know what? We're all adapting and we're making in the new world. And what I've noticed sometimes is that people are like avoiding eye contact with each other. It's it's been interesting. Like I, I think that people are like we're supposed to be socially distanced. That doesn't mean we're supposed to be distant, though. You can still look at someone across the room. You can still look at someone out on your run. It's okay to make eye contact. Um, it's you know we don't have to be emotionally distant. And I think get over that like am I doing something wrong feeling because you have visual 
eye contact with another human being. It's like a guilty thing. It seems like people are avoiding one another's faces. It's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. It's time to get over being self-conscious when it comes to taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's okay to get out and walk. And I started thinking about that I used to, I, I may have told you this before, Heather, back when I was much heavier and I was unhealthy, I was embarrassed to even, like, go out and walk around my block. Mm -hmm. Like, someone would be like, why is this heavy person out walking? Why is this, you know, like, I I just felt judged, I Mm -hmm. guess, and I felt really self-conscious. And it wasn't necessarily the way that other people looked at me. It was the way that I felt. Right. And so that's what I want to tell everybody. Everybody deserves fresh air. Everybody deserves exercise. Everybody deserves to be out and about and keeping socially distanced, but taking care of yourself. Absolutely. And the best thing you can do right now is take care of yourself. Um, please get over being self-conscious if you're worried about getting medication if you need it. Mm-hmm. This is a really anxious time. It's a crazy time. And it's your business to do whatever you need to do to take the best care of yourself right mm-hmm. now. Absolutely. So whatever you have been self-conscious about, whatever has been scaring you today, I just want to say to you, just let it go. Because like we said a couple episodes ago, there are no more rules. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Just take care of yourself the best way that you can. We're making this up as we go along more than ever right now. Right. And so that's just a little soapbox I wanted to jump on today, a little self-care soapbox. thought that that would be good. I think that's really nice. I've noticed a little bit of the opposite in my neighborhood with the eye contact. Mm-hmm. I find that we're making more eye contact. That's good. When you know we, I mentioned we go on on a evening walk, mm-hmm. and I do see you know sometimes people do seem a little bit ashamed that they're out of their house, like like maybe they're supposed to stay in the house, and um, but other times we have this this brief moment of of shared agony, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know, a, a, or like a a shared exchange of eye contact that says I see you and I'm with you that's actually a terrific lead-in to to where we're headed so I love it when we do that freaking love it (laughs) so my for your eyes only was loose loosely a little bit about um grief yes and it was about collective grieving Mm mm-hmm And I said on there that I really wanted to take this show lighter, but I didn't know if I had it in me. (laughs) But no one replied to my (laughs) let's talk about grief, which led me to believe I took it as a sign that maybe nobody really wants to hear a ton about grief today. So I do have a few little things that we're going to go through. Um... We're going to talk about it anyway. But just briefly, and then I do have something lighter that I brought today. I'm responding to our audience's lack of love. <laughs> you that should, lets me know. You should call this one briefly, briefly. <laughs> sure. We're going to just briefly grieve here just for a second. Um, and we're going to do it uh, with a new a new segment here. Oh, okay. This is called Might I Recommend. Now here's part of the show where Chrissy and Heather tell us what to do. Well, might I recommend 
All right. So might I recommend to you guys a, a few different books? I'm going to recommend two books and a couple of um, websites, and then we're going to move on from this uh, fairly quickly, I okay. promise. Uh, there's a book called The Long Goodbye by Megan O'Rourke. Um, it's a nice book. I, I will admit to everybody that I never finished this book. It was It's sad and it's heavy. But there are some nice sections in this book about the way that we grieve and the loss of community grieving, um, how grief has become a very isolated thing. And I think that there's potential here in this collective grief that we are kind of in right now to maybe bring it back and, and do a little better with that than we once did. So I think that that book is nice. Um, there's another good book about grief called The Year of Magical Thinking. It's by Joan mm. Didion. Do you know who Joan Didion is, Heather? No. Oh, my gosh. She's amazing. Like, uh, there's a couple cool specials about her on Netflix and whatnot, but she's an old um, journalist from, like, the 70s. She was, like, in the involved with the like Charles Manson uh, kind of stuff and hmm. like reporting on all sorts of interesting things. She's really, really just a smart woman, a great writer. And she wrote this book after her husband died. And while she finished this book, her daughter also died. Oh. Um, yeah. So it, it's a really good book. Um, and it's about when we're grieving some of the unclear thinking mm-hmm. that we have. Um, it's a really well done book. I like that one. I said I was going to give us a couple of um, websites to look at, too. So let's do a quick. And now the results of Chrissy's cursory Google search. And I'm going to tell you guys the results of my Chrissy's cursory Google search. All right. So we've heard about the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those five stages. Oh, I'm, let's see. Four times now I've tried my computer password. Let's see if I get it. <laughs> That's the first stage of grief. <laughs> oh, I have caps lock on. There we go. That seems to be. Yeah, there we go. So um, The five stages of trying to recover your password. <laughs> exactly, right? So there is denial. That's usually my first stage, yeah. <laughs> In all things. Anger. Mm-hmm. Bargaining. Mm-hmm. Depression. Mm-hmm. And acceptance. Yeah. And these things are nonlinear necessarily. They don't go in that order, and you can go back and forth between them. And you know they're they're nonlinear. And actually, the first time that I ever 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 went to a therapy session several years ago, when I was, you know, marching down the road toward divorce, this was the first thing that my counselor handed me. Mm-hmm. She handed me a piece of paper, you know, with the five stages of grief and some information about it, and told me very clearly do not take this home and try to like make yourself a schedule right. or you know like you know uh, she, she's like I can see what kind of person you are you know but it this was like the very first thing that she handed me and it helped me just to recognize oh a lot of the things that you're going through right now this is called grief right and I think that that's important right now um, for this kind of collective grief that we're all experiencing, just to, to know what this is called. And I've mm-hmm. seen a couple articles that have been being passed around on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. Like, hey, this is grief. This is what this is called. This is a certain type of grief. So my Google search yielded different types of grief. And yes, there are lots of different types of grief. There is a list. Um, I'll put it up in the in the show notes. What's your grief dot com. Um, <laughs> and it's all the different kinds of grief that that we can go through. Um, 
And it's pretty interesting, but they do have a small little section of collective grief, and I just wanted to read that definition to us today. Okay. It's a grief felt by a collective group, such as a community, society, village, or nation, as a result of an event such as war, natural disaster, terrorist attack, death of a public figure, or any other event leading to mass casualties or national tragedy. And that's exactly what we are in. Mm -hmm. Probably the biggest collective grief, I mean, possibly in the last hundred years. Well, I think what makes it even more prevalent than or more dramatic than uh, previous shared cultural experiences like world wars and things like that is the la- the amount of connectivity that we have between each other with how we communicate. Exactly. We know so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, press conferences are live streamed and people are analyzing and discussing it as it's happening. As a reason, you know, instead of having, you know, hearing something secondhand or getting a newspaper right. account a few days later. And you can see it from other places, not just from our country, not just from our state. We can see all the different governors. We talked about Angela Merkel talking mm-hmm. to Germany last week and mm-hmm. getting to watch that. And that's pretty interesting. And some real good can come of this. Yeah. I mean, maybe we can understand grief better. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can connect better on this because... Being a person who's experienced a lot of loss, I have an easier time connecting with other people who have lost a lot sometimes. Yes. This is something that we all have experienced, are experiencing together. And it's a connection point. You know, when you all, when you have a shared experience, that's where connection comes from. And empathy. Yes. And empathy. Exactly. So maybe we can understand grief better. Maybe we can understand each other better. And maybe we can become more comfortable discussing grief and having a point of relation to somebody who's grieving in a different way from this collective grief. Somebody who's lost, you know, a person close to them. Mm -hmm. Somebody who, you know has a different kind of loss, but maybe we can apply our loss here yes. to understand them better, which I think is nice. Well, that I now understand why set my saying, I see you and I am with you, made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, because it is a shared experience of, um, you know, everybody is processing this differently, but we're all experiencing the same event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do hope that the I hope that the emotional intelligence that we're able to create as a result of this will deepen our ability to be empathetic with others when we see that they are reacting in a way that we don't understand. Right. To to have an experience where somebody was cool with us reacting in a way that they didn't understand, Mm -hmm. then we can learn from that and be able to do the same thing for them. Yes. And you know what? That makes me think, guys, please forgive me for my (laughs) overposting. That's how you cope. That's how I'm coping. It's just an expression of my grief. Incessantly posting. Absolutely it is. I mean, everybody right now is doing what they need to do to keep themselves sane. As even keeled as we can be. That's a better way, better word than sane. Yeah. Um, well, you know, a friend of mine last week was like, oh, my gosh, my uh, my boyfriend's ex, like ex-wife, you know, with like the kids and whatever, is being so crazy and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? 
we all are a little bit right now. You mm-hmm. know, we we really all are. Like we uh, we need to extend a lot of grace right now. Yes, and you know, collectively grieving and collectively identifying that that's what's happening here. You know, allows us to forgive. Not not forgive bad behavior, but to understand, understand where it's coming yeah, from. Yeah, where people are coming from. So, all right, I'm going to pivot. I said I'm not going to spend tons of time on grief, and okay. I'm not. But um, we're done but, grieving. It yeah, was we're, a brief we're done grieving. Grief. It was a brief grief. <laughs> and now we're going to move on. We're going to pivot into something a little more fun. We're going to jump into our grab bag today. Okay. So let's reach in. What? What did they come up with now? Ew, not that Let's one. see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. A few months ago, Heather, Mm -hmm. I think it was part of our initial Mm eight-pack. That's a long time. It Mm -hmm. seems like a long time ago. It seems like a really long time ago. We're almost to 50 episodes, you know, (laughs) which is crazy. That's crazy. Like, I think week after next is episode 50. Wow. Yeah, right? We should do something special. We should do something special. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll think about that. Do 50 of something. Something. Not not burpees. I was just going to say, not burpees. (laughs) Well, I think that it was part of the initial eight-pack. We talked about... Yucky stuff your mom made you eat. Right, yeah. Are you making all that now? <laughs> um, well, that's the thing. That's why I want to revisit this today because we both said on that episode that we don't really cook and we don't really worry about that. And now we're in a situation where we kind of have to. And so I want to talk today about what's going on in our kitchens. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Let's talk about what's going on in our kitchens okay. today, Heather. Um, right. What What are you cooking how is your shopping experiences going? How is it all working out for you? Let me tell you about how the shopping is going. My husband is doing the shopping. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, have you have you ever played one of those games where one person is blindfolded and <laughs> has to, like, accomplish a task while... <laughs> The other person is in another room and and telling them the instructions on for like a walkie-talkie right. or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much grocery shopping for us right now because I'm I make a list and then like the list makes sense to me, you know, because I've been doing the house shopping for years. You know what brand you want. I know you all know, that. Yeah. I don't have to write that down. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm trying to make a better list, you know, a more descriptive list. And then sometimes I'll even take pictures of the product and text it to him and be like, this is what I want. <laughs> and so he goes out into like war and like, <laughs> goes and he is not like this was this was present before the coronavirus started. Like he you know, does not get the same thing. We're just amplified now. Yeah. yeah, we're just a little amplified. So um, and then it turns into like Iron Chef or like whatever the show is where the person has to create the recipe based on what they've got. And it's this random assortment of food. And so like <laughs> he comes home with the groceries and um, and I'm putting everything away. And like 99 percent of it is is spot on. Um, That's and then, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is very good. Um, and But then I did say, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, not because I'm mad or because you're wrong, because the what you what happened is is completely understandable. I completely understand. And I'm not mad and I'm not criticizing you at all. I'm just letting you know for future reference, in case you ever find yourself in this situation again. There's a difference between soy milk and soy creamer. <laughs> they are not the same. 
I don't blame you. I am not mad at you. Uh, Nope. Just letting you know, the next time you go to the store, there's a difference. And how is that received? Because I prefaced it with so many you apologies. You really, 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 really prefaced it in he, a big way. He just like so at much me. so that it makes me think you are mad. <laughs> no, that's how much I wanted to be able to say I understand because I messed it up too. Like I totally understand how this could be so easy uh, to get messed up. Empathy. Yes, lots of empathy, lots of empathy and space and understanding <laughs> and patience mm-hmm. and um. So anyway, to answer your original question, <laughs> things are going great. So great. So great. So great. So great. Are you spending a billion dollars on groceries? Actually, I think we're probably spending less because we're really only going to the store like minimally as possible. I guess that's probably true. I think that the grocery spend has gone way up at my house, but the like out to eat spend has gone, yes. you know, conversely down, yeah. you know. So so yeah, we are spending a lot. Publix is basically the only vendor that receives funds from me right now. Trader Joe's for you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the anxiety of the grocery shopping this weekend is because I know Trader Joe's like the back of my hand. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would be able to go in and do the shopping blindfolded. And like probably twice as quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, in and out. I, I posted a thing over the weekend in my incessant posting. It was funny. Um it was like a, a Pac-Man board, and it said, this is what it, it, the grocery store is. Now try to avoid everyone and get the fruit. Yes. You know? Oh, my God. That's exactly it. <laughs> avoid everyone, get the fruit, get out. I have to say, though, I have not cooked dinner this much, I think, in my entire adult life. What are you cooking? Um, let me think. Okay, so I'm, I'm making a lot of hamburgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Pasta, like all kinds of different ways to make pasta. Right. It's so much carbs. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It's so, so many carbs. Um, Like rice blend with quinoa stuff and I'll put jackfruit in it. Like I'm getting, it's getting all real, real in my kitchen. Yeah. Um, I have found... I'm not a particularly good cook. Oh, me either. That's the problem. <laughs> I have found I can bake you a nice cookie. Like, I can bake a pretty decent cookie for you. Um, but I don't want to eat the things that I make. It's gross. Like, and, and it's easy stuff. Like, everyone can make spaghetti. Right. And I make spaghetti, and I mean, you can eat it, but it's not like, wow, this is this is something that I just can't wait to consume. It's not like that. I'm not a good cook. I'm not a very good cook. I feel like I'm going to go to culinary school when I'm done here. I, I'm not. I feel, I feel like I need to know how to do better. And you know what else I've noticed? That my pantry is like more full than it ever. My pantry is usually pretty bare. My fridge is usually pretty bare. You know, it's like there's a few takeout containers and whatever. Everything is full now. Everything is overstocked. There's mm-hmm. there's food everywhere. There's food everywhere. And there's so much food waste. Yeah. And I feel badly about it, but it's like if I make the food and then I put it in a container, no one's going to eat it later. Like, should I throw it away now or later? Yeah, we have a very select thing, number of things that we will eat leftovers of. I will, I will eat leftovers, but nobody else will really will eat leftovers mm-hmm. except for a couple of things. 
And um, but I think I've been doing a pretty decent job on repurposing things. And there's not a ton of variety in what we're eating, but because I don't want to just throw things away. It's hard. I mean, like when I like that's something else I've learned that is a weak spot in my cooking. Like I don't know how much to make and right. I make way too much. Mm-hmm. Like so when I cook stuff, I'm I'm making way more food than yeah. we're going to eat. Um, like when I made the spaghetti, I made a huge like oh yeah spaghetti for like 400 people and we had to get creative too because the store's out of some things so i couldn't get ground beef Mm -hmm. um so i ended up buying like bubba burgers and Mm -hmm. italian sausage and like yeah so it's it's been an adventure one thing that um, we have never really experienced in our family before that happened last week was leftovers night. Ooh, yuck. Yeah, that makes me think of being a child. And yeah. but, Well, my mom used to call it refrigerator buffet. That's cuter. That was more fun. Yeah. She would call it, um, or she would call it refrigerator surprise, but usually refrigerator buffet. And it would basically meant I'm taking out everything that's in the fridge and you figure out what you want to eat. And um, so I kind of realized about Wednesday of last week, we could have leftovers. Like, we, I've got enough stuff in here to where I could just put it out and be like, have at it. You it's do, like I'm, a it's hodgepodge. Not going back in. It's not yeah. like a meal. It's just yeah. the Wild West of eating. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so um, that happened. Yeah. I, was, I was pretty proud of myself, though. I was like, I have made enough food over the course of the past few days that... We can legit have left overnight. I felt like a real mom. Yeah, I think that there are some feelings of like a real mom. Like all I'm doing is loading my dishwasher, starting my dishwasher, cleaning my kitchen, putting the plates away, doing it all again. You know, like like grease spitting out of my pan, you know, while I, you know, saute chicken or whatever. It does make you feel kind of like a real mom, you know. Um, yeah. There's that. Way yeah. to go. Thanks. We're teachers. We're chefs. It's we're we're really we're really yeah. doing it. I yeah. feel like I feel like I've expanded some of my grown up skill set. Have you have like do your kids eat a wide variety of things or are they limited palate kind of kids? Uh very limited palate. Mine too. Mine tried something new this week. What was it? They tried ribeye steak and they loved it. Wow. Uh, so they both like steak. Of course they do. Like the one thing that they both like costs like a billion dollars, you know, of course. Um, so they like steak. Um, the I can't take credit for the steak, though, because one night, the night before I got my kids back, I got pretty desperate and I really wanted some real food that I didn't cook that tasted good. Mm-hmm. And I put in, it was be- me by myself. This is very gluttonous, and I'm ashamed to admit it. Wait, didn't you just have a soapbox about not being (laughs) self-conscious about what you need to do to care for yourself? Well, I ordered a $50 steak from Table 23 and had them bring it to my door. (laughs) Oh, my God, Chrissy. (laughs) I got a steak and mashed potatoes and carrots, and I had them bring it to my door. And the the meal was only like $35, but all the fees and the tips right, and the everything, yeah. you know, it ended up being $50 for them to bring this to was my door. Was it worth it? I don't know, honestly. Aww. Like, it was okay, but um, <laughs> it was worth it to have the leftover steak. So it was a leftover. Yeah. See, we technically ate leftovers that I sliced up into uh-huh. little bites and that I fed to my children and that they figured out that they like steak. So, yeah. so there was that. 
Well, my my um, my kids have a very limited palate, mm-hmm. and I was actually kind of joking at the beginning of of the quarantine because um, I was like, "Well, we're about to test that theory that people say, oh, well, they'll eat when they're hungry.' <laughs> like, well, we're about to find out yeah. because mm-hmm. I'm not going to the store, and when this food is gone, we just have to start working through what we've got, and right. it might be mm-hmm. soup, you know." Soup. Like, who knows? It might be something. And I kind of tried to break it to them that first week. Like, hey, guys, I just want to I just want to let you know, you might have to eat something that isn't your favorite. Like, I'm just saying, I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it's going to happen today. I'm not going to say it's going to be tomorrow. I'm just saying you might have to eat something that's not your favorite thing. And they just looked at me like, what do you mean? But that's we we don't know anything about that. <laughs> it's a brave new world, guys. Remember, I told you about taking my children all over Europe, and we're going to eat what the people here eat. Right. And by the end of it, we're just going to McDonald's. <laughs> you know, just like I, I'm like, well, let's go into McDonald's and get you guys food, and then we'll go sit down at a cafe for mommy. You know, um, it it is what it is. You know, you know it is what it is, and you know, I kind of feel like, well, the coronavirus quarantine is kind of a handy excuse for why I'm not going to go out to the store and get a refill of whatever your favorite thing is. Like my, my, my eight-year-old, he loves orange juice and, um, and we're out of orange juice. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. I kind of like that you're having your husband do the shopping and that he probably like kind of sticks to the list and no. Uh, well, yeah, he gets all the things that I put on the list, but then he also gets some things that he thinks we need. Ah, see, uh, I, I mean, I'm not doing the stock up. I'm not buying, you know, all the toilet paper. There's no toilet paper to buy. Like that, that right. aisle is empty. The toilet paper and paper towel aisle is empty. And I had plenty of toilet paper. And now as the weeks are going by and I'm not seeing toilet paper on the shelves, I'm like, are we going to run out of toilet paper? Now, Robbie came home from Trader Joe's with toilet paper. If I saw it on the shelf right now, I would buy some just to get ahead like every time I see paper towels I buy some because they're limiting you can only get like one or two rolls and I've also been like I'm really conserving I'm like we're living a little differently right so I have a hand towel like on top of my paper towel roll Uh and I'm and I'm changing it every day Mm -hmm. you know but and it's only for drying your hands after you've washed them okay no paper towels for that yeah so because we use we'll use three or four paper towels dry our hands like my kids will just whip through it and Mm -hmm. i'm not much better i'm not i mean i'm not trying to pass the buck to my kids even you know we have the paper towels that and i don't normally buy these if i have them it's because i did not realize that i was buying them at the time which is the half size paper towels i like the half size paper towels i like them i like the idea of them but when i actually have the half portion it's not enough i don't like it Mm. but and so I'll rip off like four half sheets. <laughs> Where you would have just taken one. Right. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I've noticed that we use more paper towels. But we're good on paper towels. And then Robbie came home with um, when he went to the groceries and he's like, I never would have thought of toilet paper as an impulse buy, but I decided to go for it. <laughs> Way to go. And I was like. Way to go coming through go for you. the family. Well, for me, being the shopper, you know, mm-hmm. the, the only choice as right. the shopper. So I'm the shopper. I'm like. Not trying to impulse buy anything, but I don't want to go back time and time again. And I'm right. like, I probably, I, I eat a lot of goat cheese. As you know, walnuts and goat cheese mm-hmm. is like the food of Chrissy it's Moore. food group. You know, you. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll be like, I probably need like three of these. You know? Right. 
And my fridge has literally never had so much stuff in it. Like, it, there's just so much stuff in my fridge. And I'm like, because we're eating every meal there, like, just like I said with cooking, I don't know how much we need. I don't know how much we need to eat every meal at home because it's not something we've done. We've, like, this is brand new. We've never done it before. I've never made breakfast, lunch, dinner at my house seven days a week. I've never done this. I am probably like halfway where you are because I'm still in the camp of rationing mm-hmm. of like, this is what we've got. We've got to make it last a week. We've got to make it last two weeks or whatever. And then as things are gone, then we just have to work with what we've got. And so I haven't really bought multiple quantities of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the same amount as we normally would have, but I'm just not going back to the store. Gotcha. Whereas normally I would have gone back to the store and replenished. Well, my kids go back to their dad's. I don't know what happens to all this stuff. I bought all this stuff because my kids are there. You know what's going to happen? Quarantine 15. <laughs> Quarantine You're going to eat it. I won't eat some of it. A lot of it's stuff that they like, you know, that like. I'm trying to stay, keep off the quarantine 15. I feel like I'm well on my way to my quarantine 15. Right. And I am trying to turn that train around. Right. Me too. Me too. That's why I'm wearing these shorts today. Yeah. These these shorts are like, I'm putting these on every day and they better keep fitting. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're wearing them not to accommodate the 15. You're wearing them to ward off to the 15. To ward it off. To yes. ward it off. Gotcha. I like my clothes to be loose. Loose clothes. I don't like tight clothes. I don't know. I, I'm not exercising as well as I should. Like, Oh, I am. I know you are. <laughs> Good for you, Heather. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Um, no, I'm not doing quite as well as I should be. Um, I don't know. I feel like last week was my adapting. No, I do. I, I feel good this week. I feel good, good this week, and, and, I, and I thought that was an important thing to come in here and say. To yeah. Say that, like, man, I'm feeling like I can come in here and I can be happy on this show. And I I feel good. And I know this week, like, I feel like productivity is going to return this week. Yes. Like, already this morning before I came in here to tape, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. You know? So I do feel productivity returning. Um, and I also know that for me it's a combination of things that uh, – if we recall, right before the coronavirus situation hit and the quarantine hit, I sold my business. Right. And so, you know, you kind of get to go through a little bit of a lazy period anyways with mm-hmm. your with your goals and your motivation and your, you know, whatever. And then, you know, they said, well, you also can't go anywhere or do anything or whatever. So I'm like, fine. It's like the first week of summer break. Yeah, I just sit on my ass, yeah. whatever, you know. So I am doing much better with not feeling like sitting on my ass. I feel good. Like, good. I feel like when we taped last week... We were both in a in a bit of a funk, and it was a little bit. But I feel like we're like, like I said, I I'm sad that this is the new normal. I don't want this to be my normal with my eyes hurting and my back hurting and gaining 15 pounds and not running enough. <laughs> I want to uh, lose 15 pounds and uh, be productive and be cool. But I think that I can do that. Now that I'm in, you know, like a homeostasis, uh, yeah, state. So okay, you you I started... used the word homeostasis. Yes, I did. <laughs> now that I have achieved homeostasis, 
You talked about the stages of grief, and when you were going through those, um, I had been substituting different words because I've been talking about, with my clients especially, about going through response mode and into planning mode, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, we were first Mm -hmm. in response mode where it was, oh, my gosh, everything's changing all at one time, and I have to learn new skills right away and, and hurry up and adapt. And I feel like in in some ways I have gone through response mode now and now I'm in planning mode. Like I've set up camp and like I've got, you know, like the the stuff, the response stuff done. And now I'm able to plan ahead and that feels much more grounded. And and so like when you said that this show is let's let's get into it and get on with it. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that's like. We've gone through response. This isn't new anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where we are now. This is where we live now. And so now it's just living here. Yeah. And that kind of, I mean, all of the first four stages, remember, they're nonlinear, but still, like, the denial. Mm-hmm. I think that we did that when we weren't really socially isolating. Yeah. You know, the denial. Anger. Why well, I got to stay inside? This mm-hmm. sucks. You know, bargaining. Well, you know, like, I mean, there's still some bargaining happening. You're yeah. still seeing it happening, and we're still doing some of it, too. You know, depression. I feel mm-hmm. like last week's episode when we, we were in, we were both low. of us were, were in the depression stage. And and I think that what you're talking about there, when you're able to actually move on and kind of do something, that's that, that's that acceptance, you mm-hmm. know? And it doesn't mean that we're going to stay in acceptance forever. There's going to be more bargaining. Right. There's going to be more anger. There's going to be, you know, depending some things Depending on how long forth, it goes you know, on. Depending how long. Yeah, but... You know, starting to accept it and to be able to be active again and to, you know, make progress and get on with it, Yeah, you know? So I hope that our listeners out there also, you know, are ready to get on with it a little bit. I hope that you, you know, just kind of sometimes by identifying what's going on with us, we're able to move on a little bit. I hope that you're cooking horribly <laughs> delicious foods in your home, just like we are. We need help, guys. So share us. Some of your recipes. Yeah, send us recipes, especially if it's easy. Um, yeah, and it, if it tastes really good, send us something good. We, oh, oh, we're struggling. Um, so that's where my depression is right now. My depression is firmly centered around the food in my home. Um, so. I think my family's depression is centered around the food in our home. <laughs> my children asked to go visit their dad, and I'm pretty sure it was to get a, a meal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they were like, can we go over and see dad? And I'm pretty sure. Like, and I tried not to get my feelings hurt. I was like, fine, whatever. So go online, talk to us. We want to hear from you. We mm-hmm. want to stay connected with you. We're going to overpost for you and show you uh, what we're doing every minute of every day. So do the same back to us. Uh, we absolutely love you guys. You can find us on Insta. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on our website. All of those are Chrissy and Heather, at Chrissy and Heather, C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. And until next time, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful quarantine. Keep up the quarantine chronicles here on the Chrissy and Heather Show. (laughs) And we'll talk with you all soon. Bye. Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with the Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.